Hello and welcome to the NFL What If Podcast, where we discuss what if something happened or didn't happen in the past and present of the NFL. I'm Luke Pappas. And I'm Frankie Gochar. Recording from Baltimore, Maryland, today we'll be going over what if Norwood didn't miss the kick. All right, so for news today, we've got something quite tragic. You want to start us off with that, Luke? Yes, unfortunately, um, sat- uh, last Saturday uh, morning, Dwayne Haskins, uh, quarterback for uh, currently for the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, passed away after being hit by um, a car on an interstate highway. Uh, very, it was a very unfortunate event. Um, Haskins was 24 at the time. He was uh, set to turn 25 uh, in May, um, and his future looked bright. Uh, he was uh, coming with the Steelers. He had a chance to compete for the starting job with Mitch Trubisky. Um, who knows? He might have actually won it. And it's just a very unfortunate incident. He was in Florida where he's uh, working now. I believe he's uh, working with um, some of the players, which a lot of NFL players do go to Florida or some other places, like their second home. So, uh, what is your... It's really just depressing in the end and all you see all like the reporters only really see him as a football player not this 20 something year old uh person that just got hit and killed it's just really just a sad thing to see yeah it's really only just brought to media attention because of their status as a football player and haskins was a really a good quarterback at ohio state um this is a tweet from adam schefter that he that he deleted uh after um, posting it, Dwayne Haskins, a standout at Ohio State before struggling to catch on with Washington and Pittsburgh in the NFL, died this morning when he was, got hit by a car in South Florida. And honestly, Schefter has uh, been under fire for a lot of things, reporting false news and saying a few insensitive, insensitive things. Um, and this is really just, there's no reason to bring up his uh, plane when you're talking about a human person that just passed away. Yeah, and that's what I said. What I just said about you got to look at him as a football or a play, uh, person before you look at him as a football player. Yeah, but it's just it's you said it's just really just insensitive and just not the right time, honestly. And you've seen I'm just I just saw on Ravens News Daily, which I on Instagram, where it's just uh Lamar Jackson or Saab Bateman just uh lighting up Adam Schefter. And Lamar, I mean, with his media presence, people definitely were listening and that's probably what brought it to such big media attention. Yeah. Or, and I'll, I, I know for sure he's not the only player that have, uh, that's that spoke out about it. Everyone was really mad at Schefter. Um, uh, he did delete the tweet and put out the uh, struggling um, part. And this, I mean, it's, a lot of these reporters are, this is kind of like the deal now. Just It's what they do to get their money, and they'll basically say anything almost. Uh, what was the other tweet that there was about on this? Well, uh, actually, Gil Brandt said, I believe in a podcast. Um, Gil Brandt's a Hall of Famer. I talked about the incident, and um, Dwayne Haskins. There was like a little controversy just surrounding him, like just whether he was going to leave. It wasn't controversy, just like whether he wanted to stay or not at Ohio State for another year. Uh, he decided to declare for the draft, but but Gil Brandt um basically said um this would not have happened if uh. He stayed, or he would not be dead if he stayed another year at Ohio State, which is another thing. You just don't need to bring that up. I mean, why would it matter? He didn't. He didn't stay another year at Ohio State. Just that's too early, and it's also just not at the right time. No, not. 
know at all and I, I just don't get what like why any, you would say that like bring bring up a thing that happened what three years ago four and say this is the main reason that he's dead and there, it, if anything changes like one little thing like you could say that for almost anything also like, really just a huge stretch honestly like say like oh if he didn't do make this one pass he would have been traded to pits or released and signed with pittsburgh and then yeah just so many uh different there were so we got some other news one that i'm most excited to talk about would be that the ravens uh re-signed calais campbell for a two-year 12.5 million deal worth up to 16.5 million dollars I see this. It's it's good. Um, that's probably it's probably going to be his final two years in the league, and he'll retire. A Raven probably signed Jacksonville for a day, but um, I think he he probably has a really good career in Baltimore. And yeah, I, that's I don't know why he would um, I don't know why he would want to uh, go back to Jacksonville. I mean, he really just did have a better career in uh, oh. or not a better career, yeah. but he. Had I feel good... like I feel like you had more memories in, in uh, with the Ravens than you what did in Jacksonville. Yeah, um, and it's gonna be a really big addition to the line, especially if we start drafting these guys. And um, I think Calais Campbell's one of our best, uh, best like defensive veterans, and he's actually something that really worked out. Other than like, especially since our past signings uh, and trades haven't been great. Is that a lot of money for a, a defensive end? Like what? How is that compared to like Aaron Donald and Von Miller? Well, Von Miller's making like twenty million a year. Uh, we're giving him about, depending on what he does with his contract bonus, six to eight million dollars a year. I feel like, especially because I feel like he has some um, stuff left in him. Uh, and who knows? It could just all go to waste because he he might get injured second week. It's also possible because he's in that age. But you see, like Aaron Donald and. Von Miller. These are just other players that I can sort of compare to Calais Campbell in this state. They they seem to get better as they get older, and like they're still just at, just as skilled at like an old age, but they're just more prone to injuries. That's one of the biggest things. Yeah, um, yeah, I think he'll be good for this year. Um, feel like he's gonna have a fallout year, um, year two, but we'll see. Um, how that goes. Um, yeah, just good addition to the line and. We, let's see if we... You uh, see him next to Pierce, too. Right? Yeah, Pierce is returning. Um, a really overlooked defense, in my opinion. And We're going to need to start getting some new guys on the line. Um, So maybe you draft someone. We should probably actually talk a little bit. How was OA doing? He's He had, didn't have a, that that uh, that exciting uh, rookie year. Or not rookie year. Yeah, yeah rookie, rookie year. year. Um, yeah, especially coming out of college with zero sacks in his senior season out of Penn State. Um. He did really good for uh, what people were saying about him. Um, I feel like it's something to build on for years to come, but uh, we just need that one more like really solid uh, rookie or like young talent at edge rusher. Um, possibly uh, Kayvon Thibodeux out of Oregon is a possibility because uh, people are saying he might slide down the draft board because of his uh, work ethic. Well, what's what do you think about the Ravens draft? So are they gonna get a edge or get on that edge? They're gonna get a D lineman or like um any other position? Because I know they're not going for like wide receiver or anything yeah. like that. I, I don't I don't think 
No, I know this for sure. We don't need any running backs. We've got plentiful of those. Some guys that I've seen, uh, uh, I've seen Kayvon Thibodeau's, um, that that's just a rare case, just in case he falls down the board. Um, also, Kyle Hamilton, a uh, safety out of Notre Dame. I've seen if he falls to us. Um, I, the thing is, he'd probably be more of a linebacker because he's not the fastest. I believe he ran a 4-7. I feel like that's one spot we're currently lacking is a middle linebacker. So we don't have, or so we can't have uh, uh, Patrick Queen playing his designated position. I mean, we have like, we have Bowser, right? Yeah, Bowser resigned, or no, he didn't resign, but he's has a contract. Um, I've also seen uh, Sauce Gardner. A good cornerback, which would make our defense really stacked. Uh, with it'd be a him, maybe Sauce even plays uh safety from time to time. Um, but it'd be Sauce, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Marcus Williams, um, and Chuck Clark, and that's gonna be a really um tough secondary to get by. And in the AFC, you're gonna need a good secondary. Yeah, yeah. With this, uh, we just see a ton of offense. Like just everywhere, and if we have a defense to counter all that, all Lamar Jackson needs to do is put up more points than the offense. I mean, that's kind of obvious when you think about football, but like that's all he has to do. He doesn't have to make those comebacks if the defense doesn't let up any points. Yeah. Defense wins games. Definitely, that was the motto of the. Uh, I think the Ravens still points. have it. I think it's just part of their. Uh, of this city and this football team is just defense. Yeah, we've always been a defensive organization. Good draft. Um, we drafted two of the best defensive players, respectively, at their positions all time. Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. Uh, and we're just not... And one thing we're not good at is drafting receivers. Uh, Brashad Perriman. Um, yeah, but now, now that we have Lamar Jackson, uh, J.K. Dobbins, we have Gus Edwards... You don't need those good wide receivers. I think Rashad Bateman and Hollywood are just going to, they're going to do just fine. And they know what team they're on. They know that they're not going to get passed to as much as wide receivers and other, uh, on other teams. But that's why you don't need any of these big name wide receivers if we're not, if we're paying them to barely use them at all. I mean, yeah, I get that Lamar Jackson is a, um, a dual threat mm-hmm. and he can, uh, throw when he needs to, but he, if you just have a wide receiver that can catch the ball and get open. And you see, we got Mark Andrews, too. Yeah, Mark Andrews is going to be a stud for years to come. Um, and or Dobbins and Edwards, uh, they, they have a few years left, um, it's, especially because our running back's prime is so short. And Dobbins is really young, too. And you see... Also, that, speaking of running backs, um, Frank Gore is retired. Uh, he was 36, I believe, one of the longer tenured running backs. Um. He had a very satisfying end to his career. He played 16 seasons. He rushed for 16,000 yards exactly. So exactly 1,000 rushing yards per season. I mean, that that's a great way to end his career. I, I have no doubt that he's a Hall of Famer. And I mean, just when you look at his impressive uh, stats, or his uh, tenure in the NFL, like you don't see that from a running back. And uh, he had a chance of playing with his son. Uh, I think it's Frank Gore Jr. For, out of Southern Miss. And now I think he wants to pursue a boxing career because, sure. And a good thing about the Ravens with their draft is that they actually have some really good undrafted free agents. Like uh, Gus Edwards wasn't drafted. Uh, Matt, Sk- no, Matt, not Matt Skura. Uh, Patrick McCarry was undrafted. 
And like we have these history of like really good undrafted players. And maybe we'll Justin Tucker. Yeah. Oh yeah, Justin Tucker. <laughs> uh it was actually uh got got in the draft. Um Pierre Elam, uh, who's a defensive back out of Florida. The only problem that people um have with him, he's related to uh Matt Elam, one of the, a really, really big bust for the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh. Yeah, so people people also people want him, but also they don't like like oh like he's really past history, yeah. We should do in the project on that, but all right. All right, you want to get into the what if for today? Um, so today we are going to be talking about what if uh, Scott Norwood made the kick in Super Bowl twenty five. Uh, for some background on context, the Buffalo Bills were entering the first Super Bowl in um franchise history in nineteen ninety. Tim, uh, not Tim, sorry, uh, team led by Jim Kelly and actually backup quarterback Frank Wright, who's the Colts head coach now. And um, there it was their first Super Bowl. Of course, uh, the there was the infamous um, four Super Bowls that Buffalo went to that they uh, lost, and this was the f- start of it. And uh, so they coming down. It was nineteen to twenty. Uh, Gi- Giants um, were up by one, like five seconds left. Scott Norwood, um, really good kicker, um, came up to kick the uh, game-winning field goal, and. He shanked it. Yeah, wide left, right, left. Like it wasn't. Anyway. Right, it wasn't close. I what I saw from the video that I watched ten minutes ago on this, uh, it was like he just he kicked it too straight. Mm-hmm. He kicked it. He was on the hash, and it just it just went right mm-hmm. forward. Yeah, it was. It's the shortest Super Bowl a margin vi- marginal victory in uh, history. One point, which I mean, it's kind of the has to be. And it really set in the in place the domino effect where they would lose three more straight and kind of are like the laughing not laughing stock but like people were like hey, the Bills come on yeah you feel bad for Bills fans who's like oh crap we lost the Super Bowl but we're back this year for redemption and they went through that for three years straight yeah they have a promising future now though so Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs who actually just signed an extension. So, but when we look at the Bills team in 1990, um, of course they had Hall of Fame quarterback Jim Kelly, Hall of Fame running back Thurman Thomas, Andre Reid, Hall of Famer, uh, Kent Hall, who was a All Pro center, Bruce Smith, Hall of Famer, Cornelius Bennett, um, Daryl Taylor. This was a really good team. I mean, Bruce Smith had a 19 sack season, and. Um, course coming into the uh, 1990 New York Giants they are led by one of the uh, greatest defensive players of all time uh, Lawrence Taylor I believe he is the greatest and um, also f- led by uh, Phil Simms solid quarterback uh, Otis Anderson at running back Mark Ingram at wide receiver I believe oh, yeah, I didn't know that Mark Ingram's mm-hmm. father yeah. probably yeah that's his dad Eric Howell um Carl Banks, Pepper Johnson, who was an All-Pro at the time too. So this is really going to be like a heavy defensive matchup. But I don't think anyone really expected for the uh, um, giant, like the Bills' offense, to be he- held because, of course, it was. Um, sorry, of course it was uh, Lawrence Taylor, and um, but he didn't even win MVP. That was uh, Otis Anderson. 
the running back, and the Bills are actually favorited by seven. Um, and they both had identical records. Yeah, I just wonder what this kick could have possibly affected. Like, you just four straight Super Bowls. And, and how how did they? What were, what were like the scores of the next three Super Bowls that they lost? So actually, um, so this one's nineteen to twenty. Uh, the next Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl twenty six was a uh, thirty seven to twenty four. So with the Redskins winning, so that became even less close. Next one was a uh, fifty two to seventeen, and they could tell it was over, and they lost thirty to thirteen. So you can really see this effect. They went from a one point game to a fourteen point game to a I don't feel like doing math, but you you get the gist. Yeah, and they, I wonder what happens. They get to the Super Bowl, and it's just like, we have to redeem ourselves, and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Bills in that 1990 season, their first game, they won 44 to 35 in the playoffs against the Dolphins. Their next game against the Raiders, they won 51 to 3. Well, you know, I just want, I just, like, the teams that were playing were good because they're in the Super Bowl. Was the Bills team better? Yeah. Were they, like, the better team overall, and they just lost, or they just choked? Well, in uh, Super Bowl twenty five, they were. They were favored by seven. Um, they really should have won. Uh, next game, the Redskins were really good um, in 1991. I think they were, uh, they had a few. That was, like, Super Bowl decade. There was, they had Mark Ripien, uh, Ernest Biner, Gary, Gary Clark, uh, Jim Latchy, Charles Mann, Daryl Green, one of the well, I think he's the fastest cornerback of all time, or one of the fastest players. And they really had this like well-functioning team, and they went fourteen and two. And I think the Redskins uh, should have won that Super Bowl, and of course they did. But going into the Cowboys, the Cowboys were had their had their uh, eras of dominance, and now they're coming back into uh, the dominance. Their nineties uh, three peat. And the Cowboys, of course, uh, they were also expected to uh, win this game. I think both games. Let's see. Uh, both. Yeah, Cowboys were, uh, yeah. They were big favorites over uh, Buffalo. And what I first think of when I see a dominant like team that keeps going to the playoffs but keeps losing to the, well, this would have been the NFC. Bills are AFC. Uh, are you talking about? Yeah, they're, talk- they're losing to the NFC oh, team. Yeah, yeah. There, uh, that that makes me think that the NFC in that era was just better. But was that the case in this situation? I would say, yeah. Um, Buffalo had some like pretty easy paths to the playoffs, and NFC was definitely better. Um, this decade, I think they had this like big Super Bowl run where like the NFC won something consecutive times going into the decade, and when they faced the Cowboys, they had. It was led by Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, and uh, Michael Irvin, one of the best trios of all time. And their really only chance was probably against the Giants, and maybe that um momentum uh, propels them because uh they still had like they had most of their players some coming back: Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reid. They had their own dynamic duo like Aikman, but they just couldn't. They just didn't have the momentum, so. Yeah, so let's get into the actual what if. So if he makes this kick, 
you think the same domino effect that came into effect uh, after they lose the game would happen with winning? Like, they would go to four straight Super Bowls and win them all. I think that would overtake the Patriots currently, correct? Uh, the w- Patriots, Patriots have six right now. Six. Um, Patriots and Steelers. Uh, I think I don't think the domino effects happens because they still have Jim Kelly, who the next season was an All Pro, Thurman Thomas, who was twenty five at the time, Andre Reid twenty seven, James Lofton, uh, who's coming off a good season. Um, but the unfortunate thing, they lose do lose um, Bruce Smith, who at the time was uh, twenty seven, so they lost him to a free agency. I think he might. Um, no, they didn't. Oh, no, they didn't lose in free agency. He's still on their team. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah, they did still have uh, Bruce Smith. And I, and that's a really that's going to be a really tough team to beat, especially coming off a Super Bowl. And next up, they would face the uh, Redskins, who I've, I've won over their wa- roster. Um, but I don't think they're his favorite. Of course, they have a legendary coach, Joe Gibbs. But I think the like Buffalo's able to uh, out... Um, play this team because their top their top three of uh reed uh thomas and uh, kelly is probably better than uh ripian biner and gary clark um daryl green would be a problem but like you still have um like you still have uh james lofton on the other side so green would take um andre reed but james lofton be left yes yeah, so these are like really good teams overall like the Bills team was like really good. Yes. Um. So now they won back to back Super Bowls, going into the third one against uh one of the best, like one of the better dynasties or uh, three peats. No, not three. So yeah, they didn't three peat. They were they won three Super Bowls in the nineties. So are you thinking this kick could just possibly not affect anything, and they'd win it and lose three straight afterwards? Is that also a possibility? In your mind, or uh, would that, or would did this domino effect really just come into play with a single missed kick to lose a Super Bowl? Uh, the domino effect probably did not come into effect for, or uh, did not affect the outcome of the Cowboys games, like Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, or Mike Orvin. They were all very young, and I had like I feel like no team would be able to beat them almost. Yeah, I think that blowout game they were gonna lose regardless. I mean Jim Kelly, but. Still, Jim Kelly was young. Thurman Thomas was young. Andre Reid was young. Bruce Smith um was playing great, and that team could beat that Washington team, and it would be actually. And but I don't think they don't win against the Cowboys because their dominance. But it makes it a much better game than a fifty-two to uh fifty-two um to seventeen blowout. And it's just all, it's all momentum. Football is a big momentum-based game where if you win the Super Bowl, you have that momentum to go into the next year. But we've never seen a 3 P team before. And but. it's also, it's possible to make it to the Super Bowl, but we see with the Chiefs and the, uh, no, just the Chiefs, um, where they win a Super Bowl, they get back the next year and then they lose it to Tom Brady. And then, of course, next year they lose in the AFC Championship. So it's, I think it's really impressive that the Bills are able to lose, th- like, four straight Super Bowls, but still make it to four straight Super Bowls. Yeah, that also makes me think that the Bills are dominant 
in the AFC. They're dominant over everybody in the AFC, but the NFC overall had just better teams. That's what I tend to think when uh, when you see that stat show up. And th- and then of course they're uh, in their um, fourth season or the season that they didn't win. Uh, in ninety in ninety four they went um seven and nine. Uh, Jim Kelly didn't did not play great. Uh, Thurman Thomas had a good season. Andre Reid did too. They just ultimately uh, the rest of the team couldn't really play well and. As a result, they went fourth in the AFC East. Uh, next season, they they were first in the East, but uh, didn't get far. And Jim Kelly was starting to get old, and I mean, it changes a lot when you th- think coming off of a t- probably two and two record off in the Super Bowl. I mean, two Super Bowls are two Super Bowls, regardless of your Super Bowl losses. And like the Broncos are three and five in their. Uh, Super Bowl history, three losses and or three wins, five losses, but they still have three Super Bowls. That's the losses aren't going to change that, and it really affects the outcome of the franchise. But and like you want to play for a Super Bowl champion, and that's how that's why the Bucks are like so good because they they had a solid foundation and knew they could win the Super Bowl. And when you're able to keep all those guys and coming off a Super Bowl, you're able to make it far. And of course, they were. Cooper Cup catch away from potentially reaching the Super Bowl or championship round, which I believe they would have crushed the 49ers. Yeah. And especially, like, these are really intent, like smart players and like well, well working together. And Bucks just had a year and they were good, but they'd been together for a few years and they would have been able to win two in a row, but they and they would have made it a game against the Cowboys. Yeah. So are you thinking? A kick affected four straight Super Bowls or three straight Super Bowls after. It did. Do you, it did. But do you think if he made that, it really just comes down to skill? And it's very possible that the Bills just got unlucky on their first one and they were destined to lose those next three. Because that's what I'm thinking currently is that if he made that kick, they won a Super Bowl. Momentum carries over, takes them to the Super Bowl, but they still lose lose those next three. I mean, it's all about momentum. I, he does make it to. I mean, he, Scott Nord immediately becomes a Buffalo legend. Like you've seen how crazy those fans are, and they will worship this guy. Basically, and um, he had a solid career. He he did not. He had a seventy two percent uh percentage in field goals in the playoffs. He was. Uh, also, seventy-two percent. It's ironic. Um, I mean, he was a solid kicker, especially for the time. But he didn't play much. Uh, he played, I believe, he played a uh, seven seasons for Buffalo, and um, he played a uh, few seasons in the USFL for the Birmingham Stallions, who is my USFL team. All right, all right. You got you, you de- totally needed to know that. Um. But that also uh, changed the course of his career because he retired just a year after the missed kick, and I think he like he's a Buffalo legend, and um, he probably st- he stays a few more years because I I just kick a game winning Super Bowl kick like not many kickers have said they've done that. Yeah, well, 
I mean, kickers, they don't have much to lose with old age, except for it's the second they start falling off, they decide to retire. Yeah. And yeah. which I think that's what he was thinking at the time was I'm falling off. I'm going to retire as soon as possible to get out of this place. So I don't ruin any more games. It's also a mindset that my, some kickers might have. Yeah, I mean, like, Adam Vinatieri uh, played till he was like 45. Um, He started falling off at the end, didn't have the greatest career. He stuck it out for maybe a year or two longer than AB should have, but he he, he played. Um, He's another one of those. He's a kicker that says he can kick a game-winning f- uh, field goal, which he has. And... It's just he joins that elite club of kickers who can come in those clutch situations. Because imagine how nerve-wracking it is. Like, even Adam Vinatieri's, his games were tied. Like, Norwood's coming up, all right, if I miss this kick, we lose, I'm a big failure. But if I make this kick, I'll become a legend. But it's also the Super Bowl, biggest stage. And it was all pressure, and pressure got to his head. Yeah, but that's what you need to have when you're a kicker is just being able to block out all these emotions and just deliver a good kick that goes through the uprights. That's why Tucker is so good. Like he's, he's missed. He's got he's got ice in his veins. Mm-hmm. I mean, the I think one missed field goal that he's had was uh or missed clutch field goal was the extra point. It was his first of his career in like what nine seasons. So I mean, people gave him a pass for that, but. I don't know exactly how Buffalo fans reacted, but I don't think they were too happy with Norwood, especially the nature of Buffalo fans. No way anyone's forgiving a, a, a kicker and all. Uh, they don't really, they don't think that kicking takes that much skill. It does, though. And I, I love the videos where, like, average people just think, oh, I can, uh, I can kick a field goal. It's not that hard, but they fail so miserably. Yeah. This happened a lot when uh, Cody Parkey missed that uh, field goal in the playoffs. Everyone was like, oh, I could do so much better. It wasn't that long. Field goal. And Cody Parkey was definitely hated by fans. And it's not like he didn't even have like that. Like he wasn't that good. Like Norwood at least was a pro bowler and he was a one time pro bowler and all pro. And again, he wasn't great. 72 is not that good, but. And he was a solid kicker. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Maybe some fans gave him a pass because. It was the Super Bowl. And I don't think any fans would be giving a pass to a kicker that just lost them the Super Bowl. That's And especially Buffalo fans, as you said earlier. Yeah. And also, um, this uh, also affects some of the coaching careers of other guys. Uh, Bill Parcells, um, uh, legendary coach for the Giants. And also, uh, you know, the... Uh, Defensive coordinator of that Giants team. No. It was another Bill. Very famous. Josh Allen. Uh Bill Belichick. Oh. And he and uh sorry. And that that's another reason why the Giants defense was so good, is how good of a defensive coach Bill Belichick is. And he got a shot with a few years later with the Browns and Jets and then finally caught on with the Patriots. The rest is history there, so who knows what happens if Bills lose that game and what happens to the two Bills. Yeah, so yeah, so uh are you really thinking I did you express your opinion on do you think that no momentum from winning a Super Bowl and having that game winning kick 
carries them to all four of those Super Bowls. That's tough because sometimes there's also the Super Bowl hangover. And um, this is when you win the Super Bowl, but like disappoint the next year, which was a really, really big thing for the uh, 2000 Baltimore Ravens. Um, they come off a good year. And then in 2001, everyone's kind of like cocky and like they don't have that chip on their shoulder that they used to have. Yeah. But, Ra- uh, Ravens perform better as the underdogs. Again, this AFC wasn't great, so I think they they make it to the next Super Bowl against Washington. Um, win that, but then they get to the Cowboys. They make it a good game, but I think that that's the last Super Bowl. Like they don't, they probably don't come back next year. They to the Super Bowl. They won their two Super Bowls, then they fall flat. Um, and lose the first, and they probably they that momentum just completely comes to a stop instead of. It's slowly, slowly until they start. Yeah, I'm saying I'm going to go with the fact that the Super Bowl hangover happens while they're in the Super Bowl. They do fine. They make it to the playoffs just because they were most likely the best team in the AFC at that time, and they lose. And then they, I don't think they make it to those next two Super Bowls. I think they go to the one, win it, go to the second one, lose it, and then they're just, they lose in the playoffs for like those next two seasons. And it's just all a big battle of momentum. And just uh, one kick could have changed uh, a lot of history. And all right, that's all from us today. That is the last episode in season one of the NFL What If podcast. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. Luke, do you have any words? Um, yeah, I just want to thank you all. Uh, we started this out just as a school project, but uh, really, um grew fond of the project and uh our teacher said we should probably just get five episodes out but we decided uh like we wanted to get 10 out and uh this is probably going to be our last episode for a while maybe until season starts out um the nfl season starts um we haven't quite decided yet but um we will if we have any updates we probably release like a quick update on that and I just want to thank you all. I did not expect we're almost at 300 listeners so far. Um, yeah, we're, I think, eight listeners away. And this podcast will probably put it over. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's going to be all for us from now. Thank you all so much. Have a good night. Thank you to Coppermine for sponsoring this episode. Check them out at www.gocoppermine.com. Thanks to them. You can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts.